Welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Anna Dimmel. I'm a blogger, author of two books. I ran a nonprofit and was also a pastor. You could say I've lived some life. I'm here now inviting you to go behind the mirror as we drop the masks and dig deep into real conversation. Welcome. Hello. This is officially the second episode of this podcast, and I'm really excited to bring this one to you today. Um, the first episode, if you missed it, it was kind of a recap on what the last year has been like for me. A little bit heavy, a little bit sad, a little bit dark, but also this idea of rebirth as um, we go through things that that change, things that that evolve things that seem to die in our lives. Um, it's an opportunity for rebirth. And so that is a perfect segue into today's episode. Um, this was recorded when I had dropped off my oldest at high school. I had the day off work that day and I dropped her off from high school and I'm driving home and just this wave of emotion and heavy contemplation and just this moment hit me and I started dialoguing with God and as I was talking out loud and processing I thought to myself I should turn on my phone and record this and I did and actually that was um, the first recording I did that kind of sparked the idea to start a podcast um, because I realized gosh, these are the conversations we really need to be having. This is this is the real thick of it. This is the real stuff. And this is the stuff that so many of us go through and think and feel and oftentimes walk through by ourselves because these aren't things we typically say out loud. Um, and so... I promised you um, this podcast is titled Behind the Mirror. So this is a very raw look behind the mirror of my life. And um, this is capturing a very raw moment um, for me. So um, if you have been in a season of survival, if you are coming out of a season where you just feel like you've been surviving or you know someone who is going through a season where they're just surviving, there's beauty in it. And that is what we dig into today. I hope you enjoy. So I'm learning a lot in this season of life, clearly. And one of the things that started really resonating in my heart today um, was this whole idea of like survival and how much of a survivor I think just mankind is innately. It's what's kept our, our, you know, beings alive for all this time. The human race has merely just been surviving since the beginning of time. We've survived, which is why we've continued to multiply and we've built cities and we've built neighborhoods and we've developed societies. You know, we have survived. We are a body of survivors. And, um, I think um, one of the traits that enables us to survive is this thing that kicks in when um, when we feel threatened, when we feel scared, when we feel like 
uh-oh, the ship is sinking and I don't want to go down with it and I don't want the people I love to go down with it, right? Like this fight or flight thing kicks in. And I've been in a season of that recently, but this is certainly not the first time I have faced that um, feeling or that time <clears throat> where you have to you know, sink or swim and you choose to swim, even though you feel like you're drowning in the deep end, by God, you're going to swim. And if you're a parent, you have little people with you. So you're not only swimming to save yourself, but you are swimming to save all of the people you love. And, and it's exhausting and it feels overwhelming. And sometimes you do feel like you're going to drown, but there's this thing in our being that gives us the strength and the courage to do this. Okay, so in seasons like that, in times like that, I'm noticing that inside of survival is this thing that we have that feels like I have to control this as best as I can in order to come out okay on the other side. And inside of that control, you know, managing something is a good trait. Managing projects, managing tasks, managing your day, managing your time, managing your um, energy. These are all good things. But being controlling about your time, being controlling about your things, being controlling about your energy, being controlling about... um, your day-to-day tasks. Okay, that, nobody likes that. Everyone wants a good manager. No one wants a controlling micromanager, right? And so I'm noticing that in this season of fight or flight, in this season of survival, in a season of what could feel like at times panic, where it's, it's a, you know, game on, we are swimming, we are not sinking, this ship is not going down. That's our nature. That's innate. But but sitting in the background is this controlling voice too, where it's like, I am going to hold so tightly to this. I'm going to make so sure that we don't drown that sometimes you, you may not drown, but you choke the life out of the people you're trying to help get to shore. You hold so tight that by the time you make it, they might as well have been choking on water the whole time because you've been squeezing them so tightly. And, and I'm, I'm seeing this really, um, in my life, I see it with the way I am with finances. That's a great example because I am, I am not able to enjoy abundance. I'm not able to enjoy moments when I can breathe because there's this controlling thing saying, uh-oh, uh-oh, if you, if you enjoy that abundance, if you spend that, you might not have enough tomorrow. Or, or uh-oh, you were a little, you know, lenient with how much um, ice cream you bought the kids last night. You better, you better tighten down. You better tighten down and say no more because you're, you're going you're gonna to drown. Um, that's just an example. But I think that that is a, it's part of our natural instinct, but it can it can become like a, it can run wild if we're not careful. You know, that's kind of how I see it. Like it needs to be there. That sense of management needs to be there in the background, eating a snack, 
not bothering anybody. That's where management and I have control of this situation needs to sit. But oftentimes, it is not in the background eating a snack. It is running the whole damn ship. And when that happens, yeah, you probably will not drown. Yeah, you're probably still going to come out okay. But the thing is, is that you will not enjoy any of the moments of joy that come in the process. Because here's the deal. Even in survival, there are gifts to be had. There are moments of blessing and moments of rejoicing and moments of, of rebirth. You know, seasons of survival often come with a lot of grief because you're usually surviving because because you've lost something, because something has been put to death, something has died, whether it's a job that died and now you're spinning in survival because your career feels like it's over or, or it's a marriage that died and now you're spinning in survival because you're a single parent or it's a dream that you worked so hard to build and you poured everything into and now it's just in a pile of, of rubble. And you feel like you're back at ground zero having to rebuild this thing and breathe life into it. You know, it could be an illness that you didn't see coming. And so that, you know, you feel like you're grieving what should have been because this illness should not have been part of your story. It could be the death of a family member, a death of someone you love, a death of a close friend. And now you're grieving that loss. You know, it could be a number of things. But when you feel like you're surviving, it is because you're grieving something that's been lost. So seasons of survival come with this feeling of tremendous amount of grief. It feels like something has died because oftentimes something has, whether figuratively or not, it feels and is a burial. But the flip side of that is that with every death, there is always a rebirth. And so even though you're in this season of what feels like death and what feels like drowning, I'm sorry I'm getting emotional because it's just so, um, this is real time for me. Um, it feels like I don't know that I'm going to make it to the other side of this big body of water, especially with the load that I have on my back. But at the same time, there's this surging, this swelling of rebirth. It's, it's the, the picture I have in my head is like um, that midnight hour. You know, the darkest point of night is right before the sun breaks, right before dawn breaks, right before light, you know, starts bathing the darkness. And, and it's like that in survival. The darkest, heaviest point of it is of, of a feeling of death is the feeling of new life beginning. And so there's never an, an ending without a new starting. You know, that your life timeline doesn't just stop. It keeps going. And so even though events in your timeline, there are lines, right, in the timeline of things where things start and stop, when something stops, something new always starts. So with new birth comes what? It comes joy comes blessing, comes excitement, comes a new adventure, comes a new journey that you didn't know, didn't know was coming. New birth is beautiful, painful at times, 
And every birth story is different. Some women say it was just a breeze. They sneezed and out the baby flew, right? But then for some of us, I think the more majority of us, our birth stories come with labor. It comes with sometimes long, strenuous labor. But at the end, the result is the same. You have a beautiful new life. And it's scary and it's foreign and, and it feels overwhelming, but it's you don't care because there's so much joy, right? And so these moments of new birth that come when you are holding on to this controlling thing because you're so damn determined to survive, you miss the joy of the new birth. You miss the excitement of the new things that are arriving, Sometimes you don't even see them because you are so tightly holding on to and micromanaging all of your fears and what ifs and dear God, I can't let that happen or this happen or don't, don't do this wrong, right? That you don't even see the beauty of a new thing being birthed right in front of you. And so I feel like, again, in the survival season, yeah. There's a need to manage, and yeah, there's a need to step up and do your part and make sure this, the, the ship doesn't sink. But that captain of the ship needs to sit down once the ship goes and eat a snack. And while that's happening in the background, right new birth is happening. That's where the life is. That's where your focus is. That's where your attention goes. That's where your energy goes. Your energy doesn't go to controlling things and scenarios that may or may not happen. Your energy goes into feeding and nurturing this new little thing that's coming. Now, for everyone, their new birth looks different. You know, for some people, it's it's a new career adventure. For some people, it's a new dream being birthed. It's a dream they didn't even know they were going to dream. For some people, it legitimately is a new life. Sometimes uh, I remember when, um, when I was married, we went through a really, really dark season where my, um, husband at the time lost his, his business and lost business partners and lost clients. And, and it was terrifying. Um, but in that season was a baby and that baby brought so much joy like there was legitimately a new birth it was her and in so many ways she saved me through that season sorry I'm getting emotional again gosh darn it in many ways she did she became my purpose she became my reason for for you know stretching the money the way I did and fighting to still make Christmas fun and and making sure that they didn't miss out on all the childhood things that maybe I felt like I couldn't do because the the finances weren't there, but somehow the ship didn't sink, right? She was so much joy. And still to this day, um my um um my ex-husband now, but he still calls her my Joseph. And and in a lot of ways that's true. There's just a very special position in my heart for her, and I think a lot of it is because of the time in which that gift of her life came to me. So sometimes it is a legitimate new birth. Sometimes, like I said, it's a new job, a new dream um, that you didn't even know you could be passionate about, just bubbles out of you. Or, Or sometimes it's a new idea of something to embrace. Sometimes it's a new turn in your faith. You know, some of the most 
beautiful new births for me have been when my faith takes a turn I didn't see coming. When I begin to see things in a new way, where ideas about God shift, become bigger, become more expansive, where the mystery of Him gets even more mysterious, where the grace of Him becomes even deeper and wider, and like I said, more expansive. Um, Some of those new births are more vital to me than things that feel more tangible. Um, For some people, it's a new relationship. It's a new friendship that you didn't see coming that just shows up like a gift on your doorstep, right? Like a gift packaged with balloons. You didn't even see coming and there they are. Sometimes it's a new relationship when you think, oh my God, I will never have love again. And then all of a sudden, love knocks on your door, right? Like there's so many ways that new births show up. The one thing that is true about new birth is that it always comes in death. It always comes in feelings of survival. It always comes in the midst of pain. And so, what a beautiful thing, right? Like, I'm just like, I'm saying this out loud and I'm going, oh my gosh. Gosh, that's so good. It's really good. And I I believe that that is... um, the story of mankind, but also the story of our divine creator. You know, I I think he has set the rhythm of this movement we call life in a lot of people would say in seasons. A lot of people I know say they don't like seasons because seasons always come back, right? I get that. So they call them chapters, whatever you want to call it. He has set this rhythm that we're in, in a pattern where Yes, there's pain. Yes, there's grief. But yes, there's joy. Yes, there's new birth. Yes, there's excitement. Yes, there's love. You know, it's it's this, this ebb and flow. And I don't think we get the full depth and richness of this life without both the pain and the joy. Without both, as I've heard one of my favorite authors say, without the pain and then the rising, right? There's this depth that comes from living all of those layers almost simultaneously that without them, you know, it's like I, it's, um, here's a great imagery for this. You know how water, when it moves against a rock over and over and over and over again, right? It starts to form that rock and it starts to smooth out the rough edges, right? And then over years and years and years of time, you have this like slippery thing. It used to be rough and jagged and almost could cut your feet if you were on it, but now it's this smooth, almost slippery thing that you could slide off of. That's what this ebb and flow does to us, to our inner soul part of us. That water, that rhythm of the, of the pain and the joy of the sorrow and the rebirth, right? That changes us. I mean, a rock is still a rock. You don't turn into something different. You are who you are. But what this does is it it smooths you. It softens you. It it grounds you. It shapes you into being the best you if you let it. And I I have this notion that when we let that control part that usually and I could probably dive into this 
on a different day. But um, that control thing usually comes from a lot of fear. It usually comes from a lot of bitterness. Um, that control voice that wants to, to grab hold and by God, I'm going to do this thing. And this will not sink and this will be this way, right? It almost can feel angry at times. It, it, it has a tinge of bitterness, like I said. It has a tinge of um, crotchety old man anger, right? Like That's the best picture I get in my head. And no offense to any old men. It's just, you know, you think of a bitter, angry old man. That's kind of what this voice looks like. If it were to have a face, it would be that face. When you let that take the driver's seat and it doesn't move to the back, that thing, it doesn't let this journey smooth you. It doesn't let you become who you're meant to be. It doesn't let you soften. It keeps you rough and and rugged and, and ugly. And I think that's the, the biggest disservice we can give to ourselves is when we allow that to be what runs the show. Because that's not who we are. That's not who any of us were designed to be. And I am certainly not one who's going to say I never step into those shoes. Believe me, the whole reason I'm talking about this is because those shoes have been the only shoes I've known to walk in. Those shoes, that grumpy old man gets stuff done. Let me tell you, it makes sure every T is crossed and every I is dotted and every punctuation mark is exactly where it's supposed to be. And it makes sure there is food on the table. It makes sure that needs are met, things happen, responsibilities are in order, right? But there's a way to do all of that without this undercurrent of anger and bitterness and resentment and fear. There's a way to do it without that being your undercurrent. I think, I think that voice is what can kickstart us, right? That voice of, you know, anger is not bad. It's certainly not a bad emotion. Um... We get angry at the things that happen to us. We get angry at injustice. We get angry at things not turning out the way we feel they should have or even the way they could have, right? We get angry when people don't show up for us. We get angry when we pour ourselves into things to get a zero return. At least it feels that way. Anger is not bad. Anger is natural. And it's also a significant part of grief. Without anger, you cannot walk through the grief cycle. So anger is not bad, and it's usually alongside adrenaline. It's what kicks us into gear. It just can't stay, neither can adrenaline. If you run on adrenaline forever and ever and ever, that's an exaggerative statement, but if you were to run on nothing but adrenaline for like a year or two, it jacks with the chemicals in your brain. Like it messes up. Um... Cortisol, I think, is the hormone that women produce, and I'm sure men have something of the equivalent nature. Someone smarter than me could probably tell me what all that is, but it messes with that, and it throws off your body's natural rhythm. So it cannot be the force that is always driving. We're just not designed to carry that force. It's a force to be reckoned with, which is why it's so powerful. But those of us who like to be in charge and those of us who like to ensure that we have done all that we can do tend to take that adrenaline, that anger, that overdrive, that controlling thing 
and not let go of it because we know we get results. We know that, that it will get stuff done. <clears throat> but that's such a, a, a misconception because there is a more better, um, there is a better way. I was going to say a more beautiful way, which I think is true. It just sounds a little soft for what I'm talking about. Um, but beautiful in a sense that there's a way to find beauty in the pain. There's a way to find joy in the sorrow. There's a way to walk through this where you don't miss the gifts and the blessings, where you still can grieve and be angry and be sad and be disappointed. But it doesn't take away from that moment of holding your new baby, right? It doesn't take away from, from embracing that new gift, It doesn't take away from embracing that new adventure, that new love, that new relationship, whatever. It doesn't steal from that. So survival, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a real thing. It's what's kept us alive. And it's certainly not something to, um, to downplay or belittle. Being a survivor is nothing short of a miracle. But being a survivor who learns how to enjoy and breathe and at times even relax while you're swimming to the shore that seems 100,000 miles away is an even bigger miracle. And it's, it's possible and it's what we all innately know we can and should be doing. The only thing that stands in our way is that grumpy old man sitting in the corner wanting to take charge in our heads, right? It's fear. It really just comes down to fear and what are you really afraid of? What are you afraid is going to happen if you let go of control to the extent that you're holding on to it? You know, for me, what is it that I fear if I buy my kids ice cream with my paycheck instead of saving it? what is it that I'm fearing? Oh, I'm fearing I'm not going to have enough next month. I'm fearing something tragic may happen and I might not get paid next month. I'm fearing all of these things that probably are not going to happen. But that fear is, is real and it's real enough that it punishes me when I enjoy the new birth. It's a punisher. And so my challenge to myself and my challenge to, to anyone listening would be to try to face that fear and say, okay, I acknowledge you're here and I acknowledge that because of you, I and my whole ancestry behind me have survived. I acknowledge that. I give you a place at the table, but this is my table and I will set the tone of this meal, not you. You may go sit down and eat a snack while I prepare the meal that I will sit down and enjoy with the new gifts that have arrived here. I hope you enjoyed our conversation today. I would love to connect with you further. You can find me and links to my Facebook and Instagram accounts on my website, justajesusfollower.com. I hope you join us next time for more honest, real, and sometimes raw conversation. See you then. Peace.